This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Mike show. You might be mocking me or you might be staunchly agreeing with me. I can't tell. I'm mocking you. And the Bulldog. What is Fozzie Bear's role in this production? On WGR Sports Radio 550. Okay, it's like we're just starting here. Uh, Brandon Bean for the 3 o'clock hour. His comments on the loss, the season, the future. You can tell us your comments, your thoughts on what he said. Anything like that, of course. I don't need to explain it. For some reason, after 25 years of this. I had the impulse to explain how the process works. Not necessary. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Dial those numbers in a row. Dial. Like spin them around on your phone. Well, first of all, on your phone, you have to press the phone icon. Like to do- yes. My phone won't let me call anybody unless I put the area code in now. Yeah, that's a, that, I think that's a that's pretty common now. You know, you you look at the number, you remember it, then you go to dial it, yeah. but you have to. Type the area code in first, and then maybe yeah. you forget it. That's how it works now. Too complicated. Yeah. It's too yeah. challenging. Well, I thought maybe we were headed down a Ken Dorsey path here. Like, there were a couple things that mm-hmm. Bean said that made me thinking, had me thinking that Dorsey might be leaving. But then he got a question about Dorsey, to which he said, he talked about growing pains and such, and then he said, as he enters year two, yeah, I was ready for like somebody to go. Wait a minute, <laughs> are, mm-hmm. are you saying he'll be back? Like, can you confirm that? Not a lot of specifics, just kind of a lot of yeah, you know, other stuff. Yeah, I I I I, I heard it the same, I heard it the same way because it's um, you know, um, you know, Naheem Hines, um, you know, comes up and you know, Bean. It sounds it sounds to me like Bean was like a lot of us watching the season i'd say more you than me though i certainly noticed that the bills weren't like firing in all cylinders on offense i just wasn't as worried about it as maybe some others were turns out others were right uh to be worried about it with the way it ended here um but you know he despite that like mention of dorsey going into year two man i still feel like they're gonna have to have some long hard conversations about the offense because the gm of this team um, with that quarterback is telling you for half the year they weren't really right on offense, then you got to figure that out. And, you know, maybe figuring that out is, you know, taking a long, hard look at the guy calling the plays, the guy orchestrating it, and whether or not that's the right, you know, the right touch uh, for this job. It certainly can also pertain to personnel. Um, which, you know, we know there will, there will be changes and, you know, I can't sit here and pretend to know what they're going to prioritize, but, um, you know, it, it, 
there's no question his eyes, and I assume that means the organization's eyes, are wide open to the fact that they were not, despite their statistical similarities to previous seasons with Josh Allen as their quarterback, that they were not what they need to be on offense as this season not just ended, but, you know, again, like I think he referenced the bye um, as, as being like a place where, you know, he, he felt like it changed. That was week so, seven. Yeah, I mean, that's very that's very significant uh, to me, a, a significant admission. Maybe the thing, well, it's the first thing I'm talking about, so I guess I, I would say it's the, the thing that stood out the most to me uh, from, from Bean, Bean's hour-long talk there. Right, yeah, your point holds. Pre-buy, they had six games. Post-buy, they had 12. Like, a third of their games, the offense, I don't want to overstate what he actually said, but was playing well until the bye. You know, I've been using the phrase, lost its fastball. I think, you know, I I had thought at times that that was happening with the Bills or might be happening with the Bills, and then the Patriots win at the end, and then the first playoff game against Miami took my mind off of that. I felt maybe you had Davis spike again, and Beasley was mattering in the offense, and Knox was scoring. Like, it looked more like last year, those two games, but then Sunday, not even a little bit. Um, so there's that. In, in terms of like the roster, we already knew, I think, what we got from Bean today. I would have been surprised if he spoke in any other way mm-hmm. about their free agents. He said there will be no Von Miller-like signing this year. Like That's not possible. And I think we knew that. You know, He gave some of the numbers. He said he doesn't know exactly what the cap limit will be, yeah. but whatever, like there's a number, 240 or whatever the number was, he said that like where we're at is already too high for what it could be. Right, it won't be it won't go as high as we are already. Yeah. He did say that. I, I like that he got pushed on the Novon Miller signing. Uh because I, I think uh, like a follow up to that was you said that last year. It wasn't specific to Von Miller, but like that we wouldn't be making you know, you hear a lot of GMs say that, uh at this time of the year and then, you know, March comes and, you know, things can change. Um but I'd, I'd like that he got at least, like, hey, you said this last year, so should we be in, you know, he kind of doubled down on it. Like, well, no, we still have to pay Von Miller, you know, this year. So, um, you know, we don't, we you know, it's it's something that I, I want to take him at his word this year that there won't be that, um, that level of signing anyway. Like, you know, at some other position, like receiver, for example, or something. Right. Uh, all right, 803-0550 for your calls. We'll talk to Sal. It might be five now we're working on that but we'll have sales thoughts on here um as we go justin is with us now hi justin hi um so there's a lot of different things you could talk about in that game you can almost pick any aspect of football and that could be your discussion point but i want i want to talk about the coaching and um I'm, i'm starting to think that mcdermott is a good coach it'd be crazy for us to fire him but I do think in these high-pressure games where coaches are more focused on preparing for one opponent or one big moment, end-of-the-season end of games, he's not coming up with it. If you, if you go back four years, the, the Houston comeback where we blew a big lead. And then last year, 13 seconds is almost inexcusable, but we excused it because, you know, we have a good coach. We like him. Things are going well. And then Sunday was a meltdown. It was a meltdown in every single way. And I look at the coaches who are remaining in the playoffs, and I, and I think if we had – five identical teams, like if we cloned any team, I think, and we're all gambling, 
we are, we're putting our money on Andy Reid or, or you know, on San Fran or on any other coach who's remaining and not Sean McDermott. And I think I'm kind of ready to move on from him, even though that sounds crazy at this point. But I think we're all going to get there in the next two years. A couple other things about him. Kansas City, when their quarterback gets hurt, they bring in a, a running back, Justin McKinnon, and he lights up three blitzing linebackers, like completely demolishes them, and he's there as an extra support. I, I can't imagine that our, our linemen are that much worse athletes or less motivated. Or, Mike, I, I can't imagine that there's momentum swinging for Cincinnati. I just think that they knew who to block, when to block, and how to block them. You're talking, about, you're talking about what here? Jarek McKinnon against the, what, the Jaguars? I'm talking about one play? you started protecting um, Patrick Mahomes okay. by bringing a running back in or putting another tight end in. Okay. They just had like a plan to pivot and say, "All right, we got to we got to protect our quarterback." So, okay, gotcha. Look, um, you're you're saying it all the while here about McDermott. He's not going anywhere, and you're saying that too. But you're like, "Well, eventually he will." And citing Reed, and everybody knows how good Reed is, but he was this, right? Like, know your history. Yeah. And Andy Reed was can't win the big one. I mean, how many they lost? What in Philadelphia? Four, Four conference championship games in a row, maybe. Like I don't know if it was in a row. I think it. I think it might have been. Yeah, like so. I just it doesn't have to be right, and the odds probably are against it. But I have seen too many examples in sports over the years of teams and people who were dismissed because, in what proved to be too little time, they were explained away as incapable of winning a title. And Andy Reid is absolutely one of them. Like, he left Philadelphia, couldn't win the big one. They did get to a Super Bowl and lost that. Couldn't win the big one, you know? Like, and he, yesterday a guy's talking about Marty Schottenheimer on our show, and somebody's tweeting about Dan Reeves. Like, everybody knows these names. Marv Levy, right? Like, there's some flaw there, and I just do not think there is. I think with the Bills and McDermott, it is right to point out, like, I'm there, too, in terms of, like, decisions to kick, and really that's it. You know, there was a timeout. I want to say about that timeout in the second half, because I was critical of it Sunday and then again yesterday. It looks like they had 12 men on the field, and I think you have to call that timeout if there are 12 men on the field. The, the mistake is having 12 men on the field. Right. But on third and 10, if it's a free play. It's like somebody jumps off sides, and there's just... You're, they're going to get third and five anyway, no matter what happens on the play. Two shots at it, so I think I have to call the timeout there. Um, so, but yeah. so so there are these things, but he's not going. You didn't hear any. You might not have heard McDermott's McDermott's name from a from a question like today. And so we know that we're there. That's what we've got. That's who we've got. He's done really well, and I, I know it's annoying, but it's another off season of kind of hoping that when the time comes next year, we won't have these issues. Right. I mean, I also don't think he's going anywhere, and I and I also don't – I don't know if you're exactly saying this. I also don't think he should be going anywhere because um, those aren't always the same thing. You know, like, you know, we, we could feel like he's entrenched like he is and want to change, but I'm I'm not there yet. Uh, but, but I do think there is – there is room within that. Like I think I need him to be pushed to make some changes, whether that is to the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. Um, Leslie Frazier, um, just 
another another voice, another another idea on how to play. Like we've seen sort of too much. I don't want to overdo it, but what hurt them in 13 seconds? Being passive. What, what hurt them largely Sunday was passive. And, and look, the opposite of passive isn't sending seven rushers. Um, you know, you can be more aggressive by being closer to the line of scrimmage, playing more physically with receivers, and especially when a team is killing you, just getting the ball out fast, which of course means that those passes are happening close to the line of scrimmage and you're playing off, you're sort of gifting them that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, and I would want Bean and whoever else is involved, if it's ownership, like sitting down to have these conversations whenever they are going to happen with McDermott about like, you know, we, we need to evolve here. We need maybe a new voice uh, involved with making these decisions on how we're playing in these situations. And, you know, I, I have no reason to think McDermott would be closed-minded to that. Um, so I, I, I need him to be better. I need him to make some changes. Um, and, you know, if they don't or if he doesn't want to, I don't think he is either going to be fired, but it'll get me a lot closer to wanting to have the conversation next year if they don't make some changes. I think staff changes are in order here. They fell way short of their goal, as stated by the organization. The GM just told you that they spent three months of the season not being right on offense. So, I, you know, I can appreciate Dorsey needing to evolve. I can also appreciate the uncertainty that would come with someone new in that job that maybe isn't even in-house so you don't have the continuity and the, the you know, the, the lingo and all the stuff. Like, that, that could – that could blow up if they do that, but they have to do something, I think, to this staff because staying stagnant after the way this ended and after your GM just told you they they were not what they expected to be for more than half of the season, that cries out for change to me. But what are the odds <laughs> that it happens after today? Did the odds go down today? I don't. I don't feel like the odds went down. Okay, like, like staff changes. No, I don't think they did. So you don't take the comment on Dorsey quote as he enters year two as a, it being a given that he's back. No, nope. I mean, okay. I, w- I wouldn't. I. 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 No, I wouldn't. Is I, it I, McDermott's call anyway? It probably should be. I mean, Bean's in the room though. Yeah. For that. Yeah. And I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands, of examples over the years in, in the NFL where coach and GM disagreed on what to do there. Who knows? I'm, I, I, I don't know what's in their heads, but yeah. I thought different than you, I guess, as he enters year two. It didn't sound like... So what I, what I was bracing for is I did one year of play-by-play in Rochester baseball, and I was not in the booth for the last game, and but I was listening to it. I was at my other job. I was listening to it, and the guy I worked with was like, and I want to thank Mike Shobe, who went through the ups and downs of this season. You know, sort of like the way you talk about a guy that I wasn't invited back. And I think <laughs> I think my partner knew that, like that I that I wasn't wanted back. And so he didn't 
you know, say what a great job I did or anything. And he's not going to say that I was terrible because, like, these guys don't do that. Bean is never going to do that either, right? So I'm sort of lo- looking, listening for the words, the same sort of wording. And it started that way. Oh, growing pains and everybody has to learn, right, like the way he was talking. But then I thought he smoothed it into, you know, not this is not a quote, but next year will be better. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you could I don't you know. could be right. I I I just to me what I hear at a press conference today before they've really done the work, which I'm assuming they haven't done yet. Uh, I, I don't want to take I, I I would just take that at face value as like you're talking about a guy that as of now works for you, um, and nothing more than that. Myself, that's okay. how I view that. And he did interview with Carolina for what it's worth. Like mm-hmm. it's I guess yeah. there's some as a scenario where he's taken from the Bills. Here's Mike next. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, gentlemen, I just got a different take. I mean, I, a lot, I don't want to sound like Captain Obvious, but I mean, as a fan, I'm grateful because we were like in football hell for 15 years. We had nothing. I mean, you guys were talking about where we're going to wind up and who we're going to pick in the draft by game six or seven. This is awesome just as a fan and an entertainer. And I don't have the insight like you gentlemen do. And by the way, thank you for a lot of your analytics because I'm up 750 on my betting. But, oh, wow. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to do something to improve the team. History shows that. But the last four years have been phenomenal, just as a fan from an entertainment piece. Yeah. And that's what I get out of football because it's just it's entertaining and it's so good to have back. And I'm very appreciative of that and what they decide to do. I mean, I'm obviously disappointed they lost in the fashion they lost. But mm-hmm. I'll let guys like you decide what should be done as well as the people who are actually responsible for that very detailed analysis and decision-making process. But as a fan, I couldn't be happier because since the days of Jim Kelly, which I grew up with, other than the blip with Flutie, it has just been an abyss. And this is great. So I'm loving it. I don't love the loss, but I love the football. And I I thank you because your show is even more perkier. And I really appreciate you guys and the guys in the morning, too. Thank you, Mike. It's fun to listen to. So that's all I want to say. You guys have a good day. Thank you. All right. Really really appreciate that. I I, Yeah, I mean, you know – I appreciate you making that point. It is obvious, and like I'm, I'm, I'm extremely. I was having a conversation with a friend today, just about you know, yeah, of course, this this is this is uh, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting and maybe for them challenging off season to put all these pieces back together and figure out like how they're going to proceed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's night and day from six or seven years ago where we are it, like, it that's is not lost on me but you 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 do still i think you know you have to do the work i mean to 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 get all the way there they're not all the way there yet like this is fun and it's awesome and i hope it continues to be fun and awesome um but they're trying to win a championship and so i think they have to make changes to try to get there that's right. You can't stay here forever on the basis that of, of it was better than when Chan. It's better, better than when Chan Gailey was their coach. Right. The Bills are the Leafs now. They're really good. There are other good teams too, and we're going to sit here until next January and find out then if the Bills can beat them next year. Yeah. I watched Islanders Leafs last night, and one of the announcers, the Islanders announcers, like all that matters is the playoffs. As I'm thinking to myself, why is anybody at this game then? But, all right, all that matters is the playoffs. That's correct. They are really good. They have really good seasons. And they haven't won in the playoffs yet. And that's the Bills, too. In this era, that's the Bills, too. So, what everybody's expectations will be high. Or maybe very high again. 
what will they do, what can they do to improve their chances on that day, next January, whoever they're playing. Like, they're not going to know that. Um, that's not an easy thing, and they yeah. can't take the regular season for granted. You can't do that either. No. All right. At least they got out of the first round three years in a row. At least they got out of the first round. They're not literally the Leafs. They're also not in Canada, but yes, that's right. 803-0550 for your call. Sal at 5. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 